Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving this time to us now uh, to listen to you speak through your word. Uh, Please, as we listen, would you make us people who love to joyfully sing your praise. Amen. What is it that makes you sing? There's normally a reason, isn't there? Sometimes in life you might, you know, you're doing the dishes and you might just tunelessly sing some little song under your breath. Um, But if we're properly going to burst out into song, we need a reason. Maybe the reason is you've been pressured into it by your friends when you're doing some karaoke. Uh, Maybe the reason is uh, you've got this song you just heard in the radio and it's just stuck in your head and you can't get it out and you just have to sing it. But lots of the time, there's also a deeper reason we sing. We sing to express what we're feeling inside of us, whether that's sadness or joy. We sing to express ourselves. Just think about it. Maybe even just if you're someone who sings in the shower. Why do you sing in the shower? Probably because you're enjoying it, right? Nice warm water, getting clean, having a song. It fits. Uh, It expresses some of that happiness of the shower. Um, Or you're taking a walk outside. It's a beautiful sunny day, the exact opposite of today. Um, It's lovely sun, you're walking down a beautiful avenue of trees, there's birds singing, a cool breeze, and you're just like, hmm, humming under your breath, whistling, maybe maybe even singing. But, But then as you get into deeper emotions, like love, there's so many love songs, aren't there? Whether they're ones about people who are singing of unrequited love, the, the person they can't be with and the sorrow of that, or the joy and delight of being able to be with that special person. We need reasons to sing. And Psalm 98 calls us to sing, it instructs us, sing to the Lord. But it doesn't just leave us with a bare command. It gives us reasons to sing. At the end of this psalm, my hope is that if we've digested what it's saying... We should go away and think, how can I not sing? Like someone who's head over heels in love with someone else. And they can't hold a song inside themselves. Because this psalm gives us two reasons, two wonderful reasons why we should sing to the Lord. There's one that looks back at what God has done, and one which looks forward at what he will do. And the first reason is that we're to sing because the Lord has worked salvation. We're to sing because the Lord has worked salvation. Look down at the first few verses with me um, and see what they're all about. They're all about what the Lord has done. See the language with me. He has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. It's all about him and what he has done. God has needed no help. He's not needed anyone to help him. It's been his very own right hand and his very own holy arm which have gone and revealed his salvation. And so now this psalm is a call for God's people to sing his praise, to sing about their God. It's a helpful thing to remember And it's something that I quite often just brush over. Whenever we see the word Lord in all capital letters in the Bible, this is God's covenant name that he's revealed to his people, Yahweh, 
the name he told to Moses at the burning bush that his people might know him by. It's the, the psalm is calling for Yahweh's people, the covenant-making God, his people to sing his praise. And what he's done, he's worked salvation. That is why people should sing. So the Old Testament people of God could look back and see what he had done, see this salvation. Look back to Exodus, which is where this first time you hear this sort of language of a, a right hand and an outstretched arm, where God reaches and rescues his people. Nobody else helped him. It was him alone who split the Red Sea and brought his people through. Him alone who, who defeated his enemies by, by crushing them, drowning them in the waters behind them. And then credit can be given to no one else. So when the people have made it through the Red Sea and they're safe, they've been brought out of the land of slavery, what do they do? They sing. They sing a new song to God. They saw how Yahweh had worked salvation for them and it made them sing. Exodus chapter 15 is taken up with the whole of this new song, praising God for what he's done. And notice it's not just any old song, just not one they've been singing for 50 years already. This is a new song because God has done a new thing. Never before has God rescued his people from Egypt through the Red Sea by parting the waters for them so they can walk on dry land. And so as the people see this marvelous thing that God has done, they sang a new song. But that's not the only thing they look back to. The Old Testament singers of the psalm could look back and remember loads of other stuff. Maybe they'd remember uh, being brought into their, their new land as God defeated their enemies before them. Maybe it was the time the judges they were thinking back to as they were oppressed by their enemies and God raised up leaders to save them. Maybe they'd think of the Ark of God. It's been captured by the Philistines, but God brings it back all by himself as he smashes the Philistine idols and brings it back as he inflicts them with plague. Oh, an even mightier sounding one, when, when Jerusalem was under siege by the Assyrians and, and God sent the angel of the Lord and slew 185,000 Assyrians overnight. He rescued them by his mighty right hand and his holy arm. Time and again, God has worked salvation for his people. Time and again, he's given them new reasons to sing a new song. But these reasons all reach their peak their climax, when we come to the New Testament and meet Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, as Simeon saw the baby Jesus and takes him in his arms, he bursts out in song and praises God, saying, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. It's still a song people sing today. Simeon saw God's salvation and saw how God had kept his promises. As verse 3 of our psalm says, he remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel when he sent Jesus. But this isn't just for Israel. This isn't just for a country over there back then. No, the psalm starts in verses 1 to 3 as a call for God's people to praise, if you see in verse 3, our God. But now as you go to verse 4, it, the scope expands. It's now all the earth. Shout for joy to Yahweh, all the earth, all the peoples of the world can now come and see the salvation of our God. In Jesus, this good news has gone out to the ends of the earth. 
God's righteousness has been revealed to all the nations so that even us, 2,000 years later, over 2,000 miles away from Israel, we have seen God's salvation too. We, now as part of God's people, have the same reason as Simeon who could hold Jesus in his arms, the same reason as God's people back in the Old Testament to praise him because we've seen how he has worked salvation, how we've seen how he's done the same marvellous things for us. How through Jesus' life, death and resurrection, God has remembered his promises of love and faithfulness to Israel so that all nations will be blessed through them. That's a reason to sing, right? That our Father has chosen us from all eternity and declares us righteous because of the work of his Son who has taken away our sin and nailed it to the cross that we bear it no more who has defeated our great enemy who has defeated Satan triumphing over him so that the Holy Spirit can now dwell within us and mark us as God's own and bless us in countless ways if you're a Christian today then our God Father, Son and Spirit has worked salvation for you by bringing you from death to life. When your eyes were blind, he opened them so you could see him. When your ears were deaf to understand, he made you hear so that he could bring you to himself and you might know and love and enjoy him forever. To be in closest relationship with the one who is the fount of all goodness and beauty and truth and holiness and joy forever to be eternally blessed. And this amazing offer of kindness isn't just a one-time thing which we then can just blow. Because he's a merciful father. God is ready to forgive even when we mess up day by day. So when you've fallen into that same slimy pit of sin again, when you've snapped at your child after you've resolved I'm going to be patient with them when you've clicked on that website you know you shouldn't when selfishness has reared its head and made you put your own needs first at the expense of others when you've done this and then you look at yourself and you see the filth of sin in your life even then God reaches down with his mighty right hand and his holy arm to to pick us up and to cleanse us. He dresses us in his son's robes and seats us by his side and he smiles at us. He calls us his child, beloved and clean. We have done nothing to deserve this. We have contributed nothing to this. And yet this is what he has done. He has worked salvation for us when we did not deserve it. When we see this, like the exuberance of these verses makes sense. How can we not shout for joy? How can we not burst into jubilant song with music? Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Surely when we grasp this, that God has made us his very own beloved child when we deserved it, not at all. It makes us want to grab the nearest thing and praise him with it. 
Make some music. He has forgiven us of our sin at great cost. He paid it himself. And he has given us himself that we might know him forever. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he really has done marvellous things. We could stop there. That's plenty of reason to sing his praise, right? That's only half the reason we're given in this psalm. Because we're to sing to him because he's worked salvation. But we're also to sing because the Lord will bring judgment. We're to sing because the Lord will bring judgment. Look down at verse 9 and see that that is what it really says. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. God's judgment is something we might naturally feel wary about, if we even think about it much at all. But really, it truly is a cause for jubilant singing. In fact, it's something so good that not only people are to sing in gladness, but all of creation is too. Look at verse 7. The world and all who live in it are to sing, but so also let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Now, rivers don't have hands and mountains don't have mouths. And yet we can imagine that they would grow them in order to join in with this song of joy. That is how much they long for God's coming judgment. As our second reading from Romans 8 points out, creation itself is groaning for Jesus' return. It can't wait for the day when Jesus returns and God brings his judgment, like a woman who is in labor, can't wait for the pains to be over and to hold her child in her arms. That is how much creation is longing for the day of the Lord's coming. But why? Why is God's judgment such a good thing that not only people but rivers and mountains are going to sing about it? Why is it that creation longs for it so much that it's like a mother in labor? Well, look at verse 9 again. It is because of who is doing the judging and how he will do it. It is the Lord, Yahweh, the holy and faithful one who will judge. And he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. He will judge perfectly and fairly, without error or mistake. He cannot be bribed, he cannot be tricked, and he will demonstrate his righteousness in judgment. And what this means is that wickedness that seems to triumph now will be brought to account. Those who have abused, threatened, murdered, tortured, and exploited others and have gotten away with it, They won't get away with it forever. The Lord who knows all things will call them before his throne of judgment and will deliver a verdict of justice. Wickedness will not go unpunished and that is a good thing. It's a glorious thing to sing about. But secondly, it also means that 
God's people and his name will be vindicated. God's people are often maligned and persecuted. God's name mocked and laughed at. But when the Lord comes in judgment, all will know who truly is God. And the believers who have made that choice to give up their homes, their families, their livelihood, even their lives, will be proved to have made the right choice. This week, I read a prayer update from Open Doors uh, telling the story of a woman called Preetha in India. She's a Christian woman, and she was visiting a friend from church with her husband, and they were praying together. When some men burst in through the door, shouting, Where are the Christians? They came in and beat them with iron rods. Preetha was beaten unconscious and woke up in hospital. She could see horrible injuries all over her body, the worst of which was her hand, which had been so deformed it no longer looked like a hand. She could look in the bed next to her and see her daughter with similar injuries. Her son then came up to her and said, the doctors aren't going to treat us because we're Christians. Preetha and her family have given up a huge amount to follow Jesus. But they have reason to sing because the Lord is coming in judgment. He will call to account those who did this to them. And their choice to follow Jesus, despite this great cost, will prove to be more than worth it as they stand before the Lord's judgment throne and he gives the verdict righteous. As he gives them the crown of life, an eternity of joy with him. Because thirdly, that's what God's judgment is going to bring, a perfect eternity. When the Lord judges the world, the new creation will be ushered in. All evil finally dealt with. Satan finally and fully defeated. Because of God's judgment, there will be no more crying or mourning or pain, and God will dwell among his people. Pretha won't have to fear future violence. Instead, the new creation will be full of singing. Like in Exodus, after God had brought them through the Red Sea, people will be gathered around God's throne, giving him praise for what he has done. There is a day coming when the groans of creation will be answered. When the pains of this world now, the curse of thorns and death, will be over. When cancer is no more. When broken relationships don't exist. When people can walk down the street or pray in their houses without fear of violence. Instead, we will behold the Lord, Yahweh, face to face. That is what is going to be ushered in by the Lord's judgment. Wickedness dealt with, God's people vindicated, and a perfect new creation. That's what God's judgment will bring. Doesn't your heart long for it? When we see the weight of sin in our own lives and in the world out there when we see pain and suffering and persecution and death, surely to know that the Lord is coming to set this world right and that his judgment will be perfect and right and holy and true 
and fair and just, with no fault or error. That is a reason to sing. I don't know how life's feeling for you at the moment. I, I can't really. I don't know whether singing feels far away, it feels hard, or whether it feels right there and you're ready to go. Maybe you're enjoying a great break over the summer. Maybe you're feeling afraid for the future, for yourself or for others. Maybe work just feels a lot. But whatever situation you find yourself in, the psalm is calling you to sing. Because these reasons to sing are always true, whoever you are. These things do not change. They're always true and worth celebrating. God doesn't care whether you can sing in tune. He doesn't care if you're musical. But he does care that you sing. He commands it. And it isn't a bare command for no reason. No, we we need reasons to sing. But he's given us them. We're to sing because of what God has done and what he will do. Sing because he's worked salvation. And sing because he's bringing judgment. I can stand up here and exhort you to sing as much as I like, but there's no better way of doing it than than let's sing. Um, So can I invite the musicians to come back up? And we're going to sing in response to this. We're going to have two songs now. Um, And so as musicians uh, lead us, as they get going, do stand and let's sing with joy to the Lord, for he has done marvellous things.